everybody. Welcome to Morning Tea. I'm your host, Cassie Fullwood. I'm thrilled you dropped in. So grab your mug, bring your full self, and let's do this. Good morning, good morning. Hello, ladies. How are you? Good. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. All right. We're, we were having some technical difficulties, but we're just going to jump out there. I want to say, first of all, good morning to our viewers and those that have stopped by to participate in um, COVID's impact on mental health. Um, and I'm so thrilled to have two uh, experts, well, an expert that is certified, licensed, has years of experience in it, Claudia Higgins. So glad to have you with us this morning, Claudia. And also, good morning. also, good morning. Good morning. Also, I'm thrilled to have Lisa Johnson, who is a person that has successfully and continues to be successful dealing with mental health um, uh, issues. And good morning, Lisa. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. May being Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, and as a pastor and an executive director of a local 501c3 Oasis Community Development Center, I understand that as uh, God's creation that we ought not to just be focused, if you will, on churchy stuff or spiritual things in the sense that we are not aware of the medical and the health issues that surround people's mental wellness. And um, every year we are intentional about bringing in experts because the truth of the matter is Pastors are called to uh, impact the lives of people, but a lot of pastors, most pastors, are not licensed clinical social workers. They're not therapists. They're not psychiatrists. And I believe if God is the great physician, that he uses the hands, the education, the intellect of those that have gone to school and did the, the training that they needed to benefit us. And so I know where my lane is. I stay in my lane as a pastor, but I believe in partnering with experts. So today, I'm just excited to be able to talk about this subject our world is in such an upheaval on so many different things, but today we're going to focus on mental health um, with the numbers um, up over, as far as cases, we're up over, oh my God, 6 million cases, um, over 300 deaths, and I'm talking worldwide. I think yesterday when I was watching the news, the numbers for America was over 100,000 people um, with cases, and we're leading the world with cases and death. America America is leading the world. So I thought it was appropriate for us to take some time and talk to some experts and as well as people that are successfully um, winning in this pandemic with the health issues and to bring to the forefront what are people struggling with today? Because sometimes, not all the time, as church people, we can sometimes stick our heads in the mud, go in our four walls, but somebody say God broke all of that. He stopped all of that where we just get in our four walls and we're so concentrated on what's happening in the four walls that we're really had we're all on the same uh, playing level field. So today, um, I want to start with Claudia. And I know, Claudia, we have an agenda and an outline, um, but I got to tell you, my heart is in so many places today as I turned on the news. Let's just talk about those hot points. And on our conversation yesterday, you started out saying what was very near and dear to your heart was the impact that the pandemic is having on families 
and the whole uh, domestic violence issue. You, Lisa and Claudia, flow with me today because I just feel the weight of God and making sure that we're impacting the lives of people. People, Claudia, jump out and talk from your heart about the, the pandemic and domestic violence. So what I, hi everybody. What I'm seeing is just an increase in, because of the close proximity, the stressors that are like arising out of nowhere, um, we have all kinds of contributing factors that puts a strain on the family dynamic. And we're seeing a breakdown in um, just communication in the family. We're seeing a lot of um, physical and aggressive behaviors emerging and including child abuse. Um, so it's one of those um, side point is it's just difficult right now and a lot of adjustments has to be made and people are not dealing with it well, they're not. And a big part of why we're here is to make sure that people are understanding as to how they can cope and what resources are there, even though they might be limited, they're still out there. And so my goal is always to just be informative, um, make sure that people are aware that they could seek help. Um, there's a foundation that I am a part of, um, the, um, run by Taji B. Um, Henderson, and they're offering five sessions of mental health for free. Wow. And anybody is, you know, they literally just open it up. Um, I just got the email this morning that they just, they're about to kick it off in June, on June 1st, that if you're struggling, you have that option. And um, we're seeing a lot of online domestic violence groups and just where people are just trying to be creative and being supportive in this time. That's what I'm saying. Okay, for sure. I'll get with you after our session today, but I love to be able to broadcast. Is it is okay to broadcast these five free sessions? Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, you touched on the fact about child abuse, and I know that that was one of the topics I wanted to talk about. Not so much child abuse, but go ahead and you know drill down out down on it as much as you like. But the fact that kids are out of school. Um, and I, I've read several different articles about the importance that teachers play in children's lives. A lot of times, the teachers, where they get that warm hug, the teacher is the one that gives them that attempt, undivided attention. Um, and the fact that when they go back home, that they're in this hostile environment, some of them, that's where they eat the most. Talk to me about not just the impact that it's having on children right now, but the, the long-standing impact that it may happen whenever they get back in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate because I, I have a two, a two a, what we call a dual role where I'm a school therapist. So I'm actually one of the candidates that are seeing the impact at school and the impact at home. So what we're seeing is just, okay, so Palm Beach County, and I can base it on Palm Beach County, has, it's one of the few counties in Florida that they offer free mental health to all kids in school. And so what we're trying to do is, um, even the kids are at home, we still try to offer that support at home. But again, it's difficult when, if the stressor is home and they're not comfortable sharing, it's, 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 it's a catch-22. So we have that um, situation to worry about. We also worry about, like, as you said, a lot of the kids have 
they come to school and that's where they primarily get their food or they get their social emotional support or they get their validation and if we're not able to give them that how can we support them so it, it's a big transition and the schools have been so flexible um, and trying to be as creative as possible to ensure that the kids are still being serviced, that there's, their needs are still being met. And um, what's also happening is that I was looking at an article and they're saying that the rates or the calls have dropped for child abuse. And it's not like they're not being abused. It's that it's not being recorded and recorded. Oh my God. That's terrible. So, <laughs> while it's reduced, it's not the it's not the act itself is reduced. Is that the calls are being reduced because there's no one, like for example, the school that will put a if a child comes to school with any form of concern, the school are mandated reporters, so we will make yeah. that phone call. So because that there there's no transition for that, it, we're seeing a reduction in that. So that that's concerning as well. So we have, it, it, as I said, this whole pandemic has thrown everyone for a loop. And the kids, of course, are the most vulnerable at this point. I still see my kids, but of my kids that I've seen from my school, oh, maybe 30% of the kids that I typically see, I'm seeing. Mainly because, mm -hmm. I don't know, the kids don't have the recess, the, the access to the, the cert, I have no idea. It's, it's a catch-22. So we're still trying to figure out, even though it's the last day of school, <coughs> we're still extending mental health services throughout the entire summer. So that's one thing that Palm Beach County is doing to try to still offer the support and mm -hmm. to get the bridge the gap for when they do come back in school. And that is still up in the air, how that will be like, how that will play out. We're, they're still trying to figure out what's the best way to approach this. So that's mm -hmm. that's kind of what um, we're at where we're at right now with that. So when you talked about you're you're only seeing or contacting about thirty percent of your your case of my caseload, yeah, of my kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How are you meeting with them in the pandemic? How is that happening? So I've been trying to go through the classrooms, like they show up on Google Chat Room <laughs> in their classrooms, but even so because we feel that the kids are in the home environment, it's, they're not comfortable sharing as if they were when they're at home, when they're at school. It's a completely different you know, environment. So we're still trying to figure out, as I said, how we can be uh, a bridge to getting them the services they needed, they need to sustain this situation. Okay. I know that with mental health doctors, our doctors, we're doing this um, smart device meeting with our doctors. How impactful is that in, in with mental health? I, I mean, if I needed to do a wellness check or something, that's easy. You know, I can see that. But how impactful is using technology? I know it's the best we have, but how impactful is that with supporting someone that may be having an episode or something? How supportive is it? So it's accessible. That's the, that's the that's the plus of it is that you're easily to get the help you need because now it's open to everybody. But the environment is where we're having the, the negative impacts because we have no control over what the what's going on in the home. We have no idea. And so when we are offering services, we have to be mindful about, you know, the family dynamics, 
what might be happening, how we mm-hmm. question, how we inquire about what they're going through. And most of the time with my kids, I can't even have a private conversation with them. So confidentiality is out the door right. <laughs> because everybody's mm-hmm. in and out of the wherever, whatever environment they're at. So it's very difficult um, when it comes to confidentiality and being open and the connection is missing as well. You know, that's a big part of why people do face-to-face therapy is you're right. able to just release and reduce your guard and be yourself and being open. And if you're not in an environment to do so, it's, it's a catch-22. So while, it, while we do offer and it, it's accessible now to everybody, it, it still has its negative impact. And, and you know, with everything, it, it just goes with, with the ebbs and flow of, of getting it online. Cool, cool. I want to bring Lisa in on this because Lisa, and I'm going to come back, Claudia, to you. I wanted to ask Lisa because she's a person herself that deals with um, mental health um, concerns. Lisa, tell me, how are you balancing and how are you dealing with this time yourself? Okay, it's been um, a little challenging. Um, I um, have to say that I am very grateful that I have been able to um, meet with my therapist um, on a regular basis, just piggy um, backing on what you were talking about with technology. Um, there was a time when I was kind of battling, you know, some, some symptoms um, of um, COVID where I had to stay home. You know, I, I didn't test positive for COVID, which, you know, I thank God for, but I had to reach out to my therapist because, you know, I was having some highs and lows and mm-hmm. I was able to um, speak with her um, via um, tele, like a, almost like a telemedicine, but it was like a teleconsultation. Mm-hmm. And although it's different from sitting, you know, face to face, you know, I almost felt like she was sitting right there in the room with me. Okay. Very, very good. Talk to me about, um, I appreciate that hearing that this telecommunication is effective for some people, but talk to me about the pandemic itself um, on the mental health uh, health of a person that's not able to be in contact with people. And I happen to know that you're a kind of outgoing person. You're far from introverted. Uh, if, if there was a definition <laughs> it will be you in the dictionary so how are you balancing the fact because you get your energy from being in contact with people tell me how how is that working for you okay so um i've had to um pretty much dig my heels in and um rely on number one you know god that's you know first first and foremost but even outside of that i've had to rely on you know some of the techniques that um, I've learned during um, my consultation with my therapist, um, there were times I would say the most challenging part of dealing with a mental illness, and uh, mine happens to be uh, bipolar, um, is isolation. As you said, I love to, you know, mingle with people, um, not being able to go to church, you know, and mingle with, you know, my sisters and brothers there was very, it was very difficult for me. Not just that, but even, you know, my immediate family, you know, not seeing them as much because if someone, you know, is experiencing any type of symptoms, everyone is staying home. So um, I kind of, you know, isolated myself from my, my children, my grandchildren, and, um, you know, it kind of took a toll on me. I had my highs and lows. So, you know, I had to um, 
do some things outside of what you know was my norm like go and get um crossword puzzles um to kind of get my mind off of you know um it kind of have a race in thoughts because when you're alone and you're isolated you begin to have like race in thoughts and that's one issue of being uh, bipolar and instead of worrying about what's going on i work in healthcare and all of that i have to come home i have to make sure you know that you know i'm sanitizing you know i had to unwind in a different way um another thing that i started doing was uh, meditation there is um, an app called Abide um, that I was told about. And um, I go to that app and they have, you know, some meditations. They have like a scripture there. And then after the scripture, you can choose, you know, what, um, how long you want your meditation to be. So, you know, I sit down and I um, either, you know, just meditate quietly, just think about, you know, the scriptures or start journaling. So that's something else I started doing. Um, and also, um, I kind of, because I work with young ladies before this pandemic, I've been doing it for a couple of years, I started um, doing um, like a social media, Facebook with It's a Girls Thing and talking about, you know, my pain and my issues, that was able to help me as well, being able to pour into someone else. I got to tell you. You that is amazing. I love the the resources that you give, and you mentioned doing puzzles or something, you know, for an outlet. The meditation is huge, and I'll just say it. Sometimes Christians can be like, uh, okay, I'm trying to watch my words so I don't offend people. But the first word that came to my mind was sometimes we can be small minded when we hear words like meditation. We want to just toss it over to um, yoga or something that we feel is mystic. You know, um, but meditation is throughout the entire Bible. And I always tell people, uh, you're not going to relegate what's rightfully my birthright as a, a believer to, yeah. So I loved it that you touched on some things like meditation and then using um, the different social media platforms to bring not only healing to yourself, but healing to other people. I mean, that that is incredible. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, Claudia, why don't you chime in? I know Lisa um, shared some things as a person that struggles and successfully, successfully lives with mental health issues. But what would you add to that? I think what Lisa gave was a trust. Awesome. Yeah, good, good. I, I, the other thing that you see everybody doing is getting outside. Yes. Um, vitamin D is awesome. <laughs> yes. So if you can go for a walk or just take some time outside, sitting outside, talking, engaging with others is awesome. Um, my daughter and I started doing Zumba with mm. other family members. So physical exercise helps um, as well. And then of course, um, doing group activities like this online. If you can meet up with a chat group and just kind of exchange, and so you're not disconnected, you're still feeling a sense of connection, even though it's virtual. So it's important, like, self-care at this point is, 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 like, ideal. It's paramount to our well-being right now. So whatever it is, um, listening to music, starting anew. I had um, a couple friends of mine do these bake-offs, and... One started doing um, knitting for, you know, making masks, and, but through knitting and giving it away. And so it's about creativity. And I think that's the biggest part that everybody's like tapping into when it comes down to this COVID is that we're finding new ways to apply self-care. 
And that is important. Whatever it is that you have to do, it could be cooking, sewing, reading, book clubbing. My sister started her book club with her family and do it like a call in. And so it's just being creative with the self. And that's important. Very good. Good job, Lisa. Thank you. A phenomenal job. Wow. I, I know for myself, I, I walk anyway, but my daughter and I have been intentional because there is something about this pandemic. Even if you don't have mental health uh, mm-hmm. diagnosis, there there is something about this pandemic that's mm-hmm. very real that you feel the weight of it. You mm-hmm. feel the weight of it. Um, you know, and um, although I walk, I've been intentional adding back bike riding into it because I tell people there is something magical. <laughs> that happens being out in the sun. There's Getting some like, vitamin D, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, releasing serotonin. I mean, mm-hmm. It's wonderful to be outside. So um, kudos for that. Tell me, either one of you, your viewpoints on the fact that, I guess this kind of contributes. When you turn on the news and you see places like Missouri, when uh, as soon as they relax uh, the physical distancing, you literally see people living like it's pre uh, COVID-19. Yeah. And I, I mean, to me, you almost want to say, are you kidding me, people? The numbers are still escalating. Even if they're slowing down, the numbers are still going up. But kind of, you know, weigh in on that. Where does the sensibility or the balance, I, I'm trying to be delicate because I know people are, you know, the walls are closing in. But to see as soon as the governor releases it, they're literally like, we're not in a pandemic again. And then the numbers are skyrocketing. It's, it's just like being cooped up and then you just give a big explosion. And I think that's what it is, is people are feeling claustrophobic yes. in their lifestyle because it happened so drastically. It happened out of nowhere and we had to adjust immediately. And that, again, took a toll physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, economically, like it really did take a toll. So once those... Um, stringent laws became a little flexible. It was like people went out like it was nobody's business. So it's just about mindset. Um, That's why it's important, as I said, to diligently apply self-care throughout, even in Florida when they're relaxing their laws. It's still adamant and, and important that you make the conscientious effort to take care of the self so that when you do go out and you do approach, it's with caution. It's mm-hmm. with care. It's not just about you, but the person next to you and Absolutely. the person around you. And it's about mindfulness, you know? And if you can't be mindful, as I said, then stay home. <laughs> not to step on anybody's toes, but it's, it's, it's a literally like loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Absolutely. If I love myself, as the Bible says, I should love my neighbor and I want to take care of myself. I have to respect the boundaries and what's important. So I just, I just think it's, it's that application that we should take hold of and apply daily. I agree. Yeah, I would just like to um, add to that. I would just say that, of course, it's twofold. You have um, the, the selfish part, you know, of individuals where, you know, they feel I've been cooped up, you know, I want to do what I want to do. Um, I don't want the government to control me. But then you have some what I would say is dealing with mental illnesses where they, instead of being able to balance, Mm -hmm. um, they've been on a low so long. So now when they're, you know, when they have just a taste of freedom, immediately they go on a high. 
And just from my experience, when you have panic um, episodes, you know, um, dealing with the um, bipolar, if you've been held down so long and in a depressed state or in an isolated state, immediately you're going to be like a little child or someone, you know, that's been locked up in jail, pretty much we've been locked up, and you're going to um, go on a manic, you know, episode, and then you're not thinking clearly. You're not thinking about yourself, and you're not thinking about others. So that's why it's important, going back to what um, Claudia, you know, was saying, was, you know, just having that balance in the midst of a crisis or a pandemic, and you have to hold on to those things that you learn. I would say if you're dealing with um, a mental illness in this pandemic, it is so vitally important to reach out to a therapist and don't mm -hmm. try to handle it on your own. It is vitally important. It's like your heartbeat. Um, I have to say that I even increased, you know, my visits. Um, we were we were doing pretty much like every week visits, and it was good, you know, just to you know talk either um, via. Um, FaceTime and now you know we're seeing each other in person so even though I don't have like a whole lot going on like when I first you know went to my therapist I still want to go you know just to talk about things um, with her talk about even the good that's come out of um, this social distancing as well and, and hopefully I'll get a chance to talk about that mm -hmm. oh no please you open that door jump jump through it what, what is <laughs> what's been good Okay, so the good that has come out of the social distancing is being able to um, be isolated and think about things. So, you know, usually when someone that has a bipolar disorder deals with isolation and even myself and you deal with loneliness and you get depressed. But what has happened with me during this pandemic, um, I have been able to think clearly and think back on um, the trauma that, you know, um, is associated with this bipolar, you know, that I'm dealing with. And uh, it was being able to um, recognize this little girl that um, my therapist, you know, taught, told me about, um, the little girl that dealt with the trauma. So I am now able to, now that everything is quiet in my life, I'm able to deal with the little girl that's been sticking her head up and living in Lisa's life for the past 46 years, now I'm able to tell her to go take a chill pill, go to bed, because this little girl um, was crying out for help, you know, mm -hmm. i.e. looking for, you know, love in all the wrong places, making, you know, bad decisions, decisions that were not good for me, that were detrimental to me and not just me, but also to my family, to my children. So now when I see the behaviors of this little girl, because I have been able to quiet myself, I can now deal with this little girl as the adult Lisa now. So that is like very huge for me because before I'm like running rampant, you know, not really um, able to recognize the little girl in action versus Lisa, you know, the adult Lisa in action. Or I would even say the Lisa that is, you know, becoming healed every day. Mm -hmm. So um, I have to keep, you know, that little girl under wrap. And sometimes I'm home alone, even when, you know, even my thought process, you know, I would have to tell the little girl, no, you just chill, go back to bed. And that's what I say to her. I say, go back to bed. 
So um, that's really, you know, something positive that has come out of this pandemic. And I'm so, so grateful for it. Oh, my goodness, Lisa. What incredible insight. Ay, ay, ay. Kudos to you. Um, Claudia, Claudia, yeah. do you want to you want to say something? Too yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm piggybacking off Lisa, because while we've highlighted the negative impact of COVID and all the other things, there's also the good side where your families are spending more time together and taking away the electronics because they've been everybody's inundated with either meetings and telephones. And, and so it's gone back to a very simple lifestyle. Yes. Where families are families. You do things together. People are eating together now. People are before, like everybody was so bombarded with electronics. Not that they're not, but they're finding that let's make the best of the circumstances and spend quality time together, which is actually building that piece, that fiber that makes this country what it is. You know, we go back to the basics of where we're dining together and laughing together. And, and so while it has the, the opposite side, which is, you know, the, the, the herd and the domestic and the abuse, there's still that positive side of it, which is, which is also increased as well. So I'm like, yes, Lisa, you're taking the time and everybody's taking the time to do a little self-reflection. And what you're seeing now is that people um, invested in their environment as well. Like people are doing household things that helps that helps with the mental health issue because now I'm gardening more, which is a great idea. Um, I am painting the wall as a, painting the house as a family. I'm fixing, I'm doing things. So we're seeing people investing more in their environment and themselves, which is awesome for the mental health. So yeah, mm. it, it's, 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 it, it has both sides of the coin, like everything else. Ladies, I so appreciate you all giving us a full balanced discussion today. Um, uh, Claudia, I know you have your own practice. Would you like yes. to share if people would like to get in contact with you? How, how do they go about doing that? In addition, can you tell us about how do they find out about those five free sessions? Yes. So my office is located in Lake Worth, Florida. I can see anyone in the state of Florida because I am only seeing clients via telehealth currently. I'm not going back in the office until I'm a little bit more comfortable. I'm going on. My website is HigginsCounselingServices.com and you can schedule your appointments. I offer free consultations to everyone and sliding scales for those who can't afford my regular fee. Um, so I make sure that it's accessible, it's affordable, and I'm still trying to get panel for insurance at this point, but I'm not quite all the way there, but that's why I offer my sliding scale. And I do offer evening hours for people that are still working their nine to five and still need to have that mental break. So I'm still trying my best to provide the services needed and we'll keep on doing that. So let me talk about Boris and I, Hold it up so that I'm giving the right information. It's the Boris Lawrence Found Henson Foundation. Um, Taji P. Henderson, Henson, I can't remember, Henson. She started this foundation and she's offering currently five free sessions to anybody who feels wow. they need the need. Yeah. Um, you can go on the website. It's Boris or BLHF. You can just Google that and okay. It will give you all the information needed. It's free, and they're literally, as of 
June 1st, they will be opening it up to first come, first serve. That is huge. It's, it's completely funded by people mm -hmm. donating their own financial, um, you know, just donating. And she's been, we've closed out the first um, set. I know we're about to begin a second half of this drive, which I think has been so amazing to a lot of people, just to being able to get that opportunity. And it's throughout the country. If whatever state you're at and you need the assistance, as long as they have um, a clinician that matches um, the location that you're at, then you're able to access it and they'll be able to provide link you with the services that need that you need. So I'm, I, I'm also on that website. So, it, and it's, it's for people of color. So it's not just for, it's for, we talk about the stigma attached to mental health in the black community. Well, that's one of the ways that she's trying to reduce that stigma is to offer it to other people of color. So, and so just take the opportunity to go look at the website and look at my website and, um, we can just go ahead and start taking care of ourselves, which is important at this point. Claudia, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. I so enjoy you and, and respect the work that you're doing, especially um, with the young, with children in particular. I applaud you and thank you. I know your schedule is crazy busy, but for joining us today and sharing valuable information. God bless you. Thank you. You guys be well, okay? Enjoy. Hey, Lisa, you got anything you want to close out with? Um, I would just like to say thank you so much um, for the opportunity um, to speak about um, mental illness. And I would just, again, you know, just encourage those that are um, dealing with mental illness um, that you're, you don't have to be alone in this. You know, reach out to um, Claudia or reach out to um, therapists. You know, I'm sure there's many all over you know, that's doing the um, telehealth or teleconsultations, or, you know, if you feel comfortable going in um, person, but also, you know, dig deep within, you know, yourself right now. And if you have, you know, um, gone to therapy in the past, start utilizing those tools that you've learned because they have certainly helped me um, be able to, um, um, remain stable during this pandemic and, you know, hopefully stable, you know, for the rest of my life. I found the new me. Thank you so much. I want to thank you for that and sharing. You gave such valuable information on how to handle what's been working for you. It was multiple options. I applaud you for the identification that you found in yourself. Um, thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us today. God thank bless you. you. God bless you. Bye-bye. I want to send a shout out to um, all of uh, to Claudia and Lisa again for participating with us on today, sharing just excellent information. I want to thank those behind the scenes that was working with, uh, with me, my assistants, and also to the viewers. Thank you all so much. Even the replay viewers that will watch this, I want to say thank you. And I just like to say as a pastor, a lead pastor of a uh, congregation here in West Palm Beach and also an executive director of 501c3 Oasis Community Development Center. As much as um, our president and um, those that are in political offices, 
decided to tell us that churches were essentials. We already knew that. Um, but I think we ought to use wisdom and it's not just a scapegoat. We really need to use wisdom on the timing in which we bring people back. Cause if we open up, we look in the news and we see that people are coming back in churches. I say, do whatever you feel led to do. You're the shepherd of your house do whatever you feel led to do. But as shepherds, we ought to be looking out for the sheep. And there are so many different ways that we can continue to encourage them through the word, um, do some type of connectivity. There are many different ways that we can do that. And for Oasis Church International, myself and the leadership team have decided that the timing is not right. We have recognized that we you know, that we're the hands, the eyes and feet of Jesus and we've not stopped serving people. But to say that we're going to come back into a physical building, we've decided not the time of that is not right for us. Um, but we wanted to just um, share how that the COVID-19 is having an impact on the mental state of people. I want to say again, thank you so much for joining us and God bless you.